raise your hand if you do not have a pen. All right, ushers are come. You can write in so that you can write the scriptures out every week. Um, you know, whatever our, our scripture is for the month. Like right now, it's Mark 11, 22 through 24. But, you know, whatever scriptures are going on with you in your life, like every day you ought to get up and meditate on the word. Amen? So whatever's going on in your life, I told you last week, Google is a great concordance. So let's just say you're dealing with a situation on healing. You say, okay, you look up scriptures on healing on Google, and all the scriptures on healing will pop up. And that way you can meditate on those, begin to write the scriptures out, and turn them into a, a confession, a faith declaration. So let's just say you went to the, the scripture uh, for healing that says, by his stripes we are healed. So you would turn that into a, to a confession and say, by his stripes I am healed. I'm not trying to get healed. I'm already healed. Amen. I received that thing. And that's who I am. I am the healed resisting sickness. Amen. I'm already victorious. So you begin to confess that over your life. That's the importance of your journal. So if you haven't gotten it, go ahead and get it and get started on that. And I would love to see what some of you have um, written out as your scriptures. And as your, if it's personal and private, I get that. I respect that. But if it's not, let me see. That blesses my heart. Amen. Amen. All right. Are y'all ready for the word? Hold on to your note sheet and lift it up in the air. Let's make a faith declaration as we're about to receive the, the, the holy word of God, the incorruptible word of God, the word that's going to go in and change us a little more into his image, the word that's going to build us up in faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So say this with me. Say, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to hear and apply his word. I'm about to know better. So that I may do better, have better, and be better. I am becoming everything God has destined me to be. I am becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. I'm becoming everything the haters say I could never be. So after today, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Slap three people, high five, and say, you better declare it. Amen. So this is the Christmas season, amen? Are y'all getting ready for Christmas? Everybody ready for Christmas? It's the Christmas season. And, you know, as I was going to minister at the conference on Friday night, um, the scripture that I used was in Isaiah. I believe it's Isaiah 9, 6. It says, for unto us a child is born. And unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders, amen? His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And of the increase of this kingdom, there will be no end. So what I love about Isaiah is that this was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before the child, Jesus Christ, would be born. But Isaiah said it like it already was. Unto us a son is given. Unto us a child is born. He said it like it was already so way before. Hundreds and hundreds. You can look in your Bible where Isaiah is way over here. And Jesus is not born till way over here. Isaiah was a bad man. Amen. But see, it had to be spoken. Do y'all hear me this morning? It had to be spoken so that it could come to pass. He was talking about Jesus. And he spoke it before it was. He spoke those things that be not as though they were. And that's what we're focusing our words on this month. We're, this is declared December. Every single month we focus on a different topic. But tonight, today, this month is declared December. 
So we're focusing on the words of our mouth. And it's so important. If you didn't hear last week's sermon, go on the on the uh, app and listen to last week's sermon so you can catch up on the things. Because I don't want to um, do a whole lot of review. But let's look about the truth of our words. Number one, John 17, 17 says, sanctify them by your truth. And your word is truth. So the Bible is full of the truth. That's why we build our house on the rock, which is the truth of his word. So that when the, the storms of life come, we can make it through with no problem. Again, if you build your house on what Oprah says, not that Oprah ain't all, I love Oprah. I love me some Oprah. Amen. But she, her word is not the final authority. God's word is the final authority. You know, Dr. Phil is awesome. I think he does some really good stuff, but he doesn't have the answers. The real answers are in the word of God. If you build your house on the rock, he said, when the storms and the troubles and relationship issues and problems and things come at you, you'll know what to do because your house is well founded and built on the rock of his word. His word is truth. And the thing about truth is that it never changes. Allison, you can count on on, on truth to never change. The facts will change. Right? Facts can change. It can be a fact that I have a headache right now. It can be a fact that 10 minutes from now, I may not have a headache anymore. Mm -hmm. So the facts can change, right? And so the facts will never change the word. But the word will change the facts. Amen. 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 So his word is true. He said, sanctify them. Set them apart by your word. Set them apart by your word. And your word is truth. So truth is always truth. So number one, our words are incredibly powerful. We cannot just say that it's just words or think that, well, I'm just talking. Because the Bible says that for every idle word men may speak, they will have to give account. By your words, you'll be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. Yes. That makes words pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whoa, when I stand before the judgment seat, it's going to be my words that he judges? Mm. Whoo! I'm not talking about cuss words either. Come on. We should clean up our mouth when we get saved. And then we talked a little bit about that last. We should clean up our mouth. We should. We should. Every now and then, you know you're going to let one slip. Does Jesus still love me if I let one slip? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. I don't think he likes it when we talk about other people. I don't think he likes that. I, don't think, I think God hates gossip. In fact, we'll get to what God hates in just a minute. Proverbs 18, 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. In other words, you're going to live what you're saying. Death and life is in the power of my tongue. I have the, I have the power to change things with my tongue. With the words that I say, I have the power to change things from death to life and from life to death. Yeah. That's amazing. Matthew twelve thirty six says, words are powerful. Take them seriously. Yes. yes. Ooh, God. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what if the key to getting your breakthrough has been the words that you're saying? Come on now. Come on. To either getting your breakthrough or not getting your breakthrough. What if it has everything to do with the words that you're saying or the words that you're not saying? Yes. Wow. Mm. Think about that. Number two, our lives are a product of the words we speak. Yes. So what we're living is what we've been speaking. So I always like to say, if you don't like what you're living because you spoke it on yesterday, then let's start talking to tomorrow. Amen? Amen? Let's change the way things are by the things that we say. We don't let just anything come out of our mouths. James 3, 2 through 5 says, if you could find someone whose speech was perfectly true, you'd have a perfect person. Imperfect control of life. Is that powerful? 
If you can find a person who could just get their mouth, mouth right, you find a perfect person in perfect control of life. You know, as people get older, they learn just be quiet. Especially when you're in the presence of somebody who goes on and on and on. Yes. And on and on. And you try to jump in, and it's like, it don't make any sense. It don't, it don't even, I just, just let it go. Amen. Amen. Sometimes you got to just hush up and see if maybe you're not the wisest person in the room. Maybe somebody else has something to say and you could learn something. Hallelujah. A bit in the mouth of a, a mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. That mouth is really small when you look at a big old intimidating horse. But you put a bit in his mouth and you can take him whichever direction you want him to go without that much pressure. Just very lightly move your hands. And you can move a horse any direction you want him to go. Of course, you use your feet too a little bit. But you you got control of him. His mouth is very sensitive. Your mouth is very sensitive. Amen? Amen. It's very powerful. So this is a small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain. Sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account. But it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. Whoa. Your words from your mouth, they seem like it's not that much. It seems like it's not that big of a deal, but it said it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. Wow. So faith is a spoken expression of what I have stored up in my heart, what I'm really convinced of from the conviction of my heart, what I really believe. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth does what? The mouth speaks. So that's why we talked last week about being careful about what you let in. What are you letting in through your ears and through your eyes? There's some music we have no business listening to. Yes. Some lyrics you do not qualify. Amen. Next, come on, come on. next, next, changing the station. Amen? Yes. Because you know what? I, it's too important. I don't need that garbage in me because I don't want that garbage coming out of me. Yes. Amen? It's important that I put the right stuff in so the right stuff comes out. Hallelujah. Amen. All right? So number three, Jesus talked two things with authority. Yes. <clears throat> He's made us speaking spirits, created in his image and in his likeness, and he talked to stuff. Jesus talked to stuff. A, he talked to a storm. So the disciples, the, the disciples and Jesus got into a boat. He said, let us go, let us cross over to the other side. Well, it was already done right there because what? Jesus said it, right? He said, we're, go, we're going to the other side. So it was a done deal. Now you know storms will whip up yes, in the middle of what you've said you're just going to do. Come on. But look, it, Jesus is a great example. Jesus was asleep in the stern on a pillar. Amen. You guys go ahead and come on in. Good morning. Jesus was asleep in the stern of the boat on a pillow. So he, he was sleeping right through the storm and right through what he, you know, what, what the disciples were tripping out about because the, the storm was so bad that the waves were coming up over the edge of the boat yeah. and, and the, the boat was beginning to fill up. Come on. Yes. I wouldn't freak out then. <laughs> and I'm a woman of faith. Come I'm on. a woman of faith, water in the boat, in the middle of the lake, on the middle of a big old storm. I'm about to say, Jesus, you better get up. <laughs> Amen. So the disciples, you know, they're freaking out. They say, Jesus, don't you care? We've got, we've got to sleep. Don't get up and get up walking. 
39. It says, then he arose and rebuked the wind. Yes. He rebuked the wind. You better underline that. Yeah. He arose. You could just start, just drop the mic right there. He arose. In the middle of the storm, you got to decide, I'm going to rise up. Yes. This is not a time for me to hunger down and cry. But this is a time to rise up. Yes. So Jesus arose. Come on. The first thing he did was, God, you got to get yourself up. Get yourself yes. encouraged. You're in the middle of a sea, in the middle of a storm. I'm not. I'm talking about metaphorically. you got some stuff going on in your life. Yes. It's time to rise up. Don't sit there and take it. Don't just go with the flow like I can't steer this ship. Get that rudder going and start steering the ship into the middle yes. of the storm. We're going somewhere. In the name of Jesus, yes. we're going to the other side. Yes. Praise God. He arose. There is so much power in you when you decide to rise up. Come on now. But you got to choose it. Yes. You know, you can be pitiful or you can be powerful, but you cannot be both. Come on now. You got to decide, I'm going to rise up and I'm going to be full of power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it says he arose and he rebuked the wind. What is it in your life that's coming against you that you need to rebuke? Come on. You have the right to tell it. I rebuke you. Yeah. I bind you in the name yeah. of Jesus. Yeah. He gave us his name to use. And then he said to the sea. Underline that. He rebuked the wind and he said to the sea. You mean Jesus talked to the water? Yes, he did. He rebuked the wind first and told the wind, I rebuke you. In other words, stop it. You have the right to shut some stuff down. Bind it, loose it. Whatever you bind on earth is down in the heavenlies. Whatever you loose on earth is loose in the heavenlies. Jesus said so. Stop it. Yes. You have the power to stand up and say, I say stop it in the name of Jesus. I'm yeah. not saying talk to people like that. I'm saying you're talking in the spirit realm. Yeah. Yeah. The, this invisible realm that's all around us that we cannot see, but it surely is there. Yes. And you say stop it. In Jesus' name, stand down. Amen. You talk to it. Jesus talks to stuff like he had authority over it. Yes. And he's given us that authority. Behold, I give unto you power to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means Nothing's harm you. So you have the right to shut some stuff down yes. with your mouth. Yes. He rebuked it. Amen. And then he said to the sea, what do you want? Peace be still. And then Jesus just, the wind ceased and Jesus went back to his pillow. I guess. Since the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Wow. Some of the chaos. Some of the stuff that's going on in our life. We don't have to stand for it. He's made us in his image and in his likeness. Do you understand that you are a child of almighty God? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Come on now. All right, so A, he did what? Talk to the storm. All right. B, he talked to the dead. He talked to the dead. Okay, let me get this straight. Are we recording? Make sure we have this recorded. Testing one, two. <laughs> I am not telling you to go talk to dead people. We do not talk to dead people. You see that the account of uh, Saul... In the Bible where Saul went and, and uh, called up the spirit of Samuel. Yeah, yeah. He went, to, he went to a witch, to a medium, and he called up the spirit of Samuel. Because he didn't know what to do. And rather than go to God, he wanted to call up the spirit of a dead man. Yeah. And he called up the spirit of Samuel. He said, wait, why are you bothering me? 
But Saul paid a very heavy price. He died. He died. Yeah, we don't talk to dead people. Amen. We don't. We do not talk to dead people. So I just want to get that straight right there. We don't. We don't have anything to do. It's called necromancy. It's like talking uh, to median. We don't do that. Amen. Everybody got that? All right. We don't do that. But um, in this situation, Jesus actually raised the dead. It was a common thing. He did it a lot. So the friend of Jesus had died, Lazarus. We, we most most of us already know the story of Lazarus. He was sick. Jesus was away out of town, and somebody came, you know, it was a, you know, a few days' journey to get to Jesus to let him know. You know, he ran all the way. Jesus, Mary and Martha sent me. Lazarus is sick. He's about to die. He's so sick, he's about to die. Come on. Yeah. Your friend needs you. Come on, Jesus. Yeah. Jesus said, okay, I'll be there. And he stayed like two more days. Mm-hmm. He said, Jesus, you just Go a little slow. <laughs> this is, and I know part of this is an emergency that you get. So he goes, he goes, he finally gets there. When he gets there, taking his sweet time. Mary and Martha are at the tomb. They're crying and wailing. And this is where it says Jesus wept. Mm-hmm. When he saw their sorrow, he, this is just two words, Jesus wept. Mm-hmm. But then they said, Jesus, if you had been here, our brother wouldn't have died. Mm-hmm. And Mary fell down at his feet and cried. And Martha said, but I believe even now. Even now. Come on, Pastor. Whatever you ask the Father, he'll give it to you. Yes. He said, your brother will arise. She said, well, I know he'll arise in the resurrection. He said, no, I am the resurrection. Yes. Right. The yes. resurrection and the life is right here, right now. Yes. So he said, take away the stone. <laughs> what? He's been dead four days. He's already asleep. <laughs> he said, take away the stone. So they took away the stone. And Jesus, with a loud voice, said, Lazarus, come forth. He spoke to a dead man and called him out of the grave. And it says in Mark 5.41, then he took, oh, well, I didn't put this down, but it said that out came Lazarus. How did I know he came like this? Because he was bound up, hand and feet, in his grave clothes. He said, now loose him and let him go. Yeah, Yeah. glory. Could you imagine being outside and hearing that? Could you imagine? Yeah. Wow. Until he made his way out. He said, loose him and let him go. Yeah, glory. But he talked to something that was dead yeah. and called it. He said, come forth. So what is it that looks like it's dead in your life? Yeah. That you need to call forth. Yeah. You need to say, look, I say to you, come forth. He called Lazarus by name. Why? Because everybody would have got up. Yes. Uh, come on now. Everybody would have got up if he, if he would have just said, come forth. That means me too. <laughs> Granny came out. Granny, we go all the time. <laughs> so he had to call him by name. You need to call that thing by name and say, come forth. Yeah. With a loud voice. You can, you can say it with a whisper. You just got to say it. Yeah. And you got to call it forth. You got to command it. You got to talk to it like you got power. Yeah. Because you do. Yes. It's called your turn. Yes. 
Jairus' daughter, yeah. who was sick by the time Jesus got the, the memo about her that came running up to him. He had just come, got off the boat. He said, Jesus, my daughter is sick. She's about to die. Can you please come and lay your hands on her and heal her? She's about to die. Have you ever been at the bedside of somebody who's about to die? Serious. Critical. Critical. If you don't come now, she's not going to make it. So Jesus said, okay, let's go. They start walking. And up comes a woman from behind who touched the hem of his garment. Stopped Jesus in his tracks. Now he's on his way to an emergency. Stopped him in his tracks. Can you imagine the heart of Jairus? Jesus, come on, we don't have time for this right now. And then there's this, this woman who had had an issue of blood for 12 years. Yes. 12 years, she'd spent all her money on going to the doctors. Come on, all her money on going to the doctors. And she wasn't any better, she was worse. Come on. But she'd heard about Jesus healing yeah. folk. She'd heard that he was a healer. Yeah. And he could heal. He was healing. She heard about people who were blind who could now see. People yeah. who were deaf who could now hear. People yeah. who were paralyzed got up and walked home. She heard that Jesus could heal. And the Bible says she kept saying to herself. She kept saying to herself. Somebody better hear me this morning. She had a faith confession. She said... She kept saying to herself, she kept saying to herself, if I can just press through the crowd, I don't need him to speak over me. I don't need him to touch me. I don't need him to acknowledge me. I don't need him to wave his hand. I don't need him to know my name. She's still just known as the woman with the issue. Hallelujah, hallelujah. She pressed through the crowd because she kept saying to herself, if I can just touch the head of the crowd, I know I'll be made more. Hallelujah. And she did just that. She touched the hem of his garment and Jesus stopped in his tracks on the yes. way to this emergency. Yes, he did. And he turned around and he said, who touched me? me? And of course, they were in a crowd and a yes. press of people and people were touching him from all sides, Tracy. Yes, Lord. And Peter said, Jesus, what do you mean who's touching you? We're all touching you. Come, Come on, on now. Here. Come on now. He said, no, somebody touched me. Yes. I felt virtue flow out of me. Somebody touched me with faith. Yes. Somebody touched me with a faith declaration. Yes. Somebody needed a point of contact and they've done it. Yes. And released the power for their healing. And so she, she spoke up and began to say it was me. And she was the one who was forbidden to touch anyone because anybody who had a flow of blood was unclean. Yeah. You can't, if, if, if you touched somebody who had a flow of blood, you had to wash your clothes. You had to be unclean for a couple of days. You know, could nobody touch you because you touched somebody unclean. This is the law. Amen. And so she, she was the one who wasn't supposed to touch nobody. That's another reason why she did it in secret. But here she is in the press. Now everybody's touching her. Come on. Come on. But she's no longer unclean. Come on. The flow of blood. Yes. Right there. So Jesus, so, so this woman is, is standing there telling Jesus what happened. Now, if you know anybody who wants to tell you about how they were sick, will go on and on. And then they put me in ICU. And then they hooked me up to this. And then they gave me some blood. And then that wasn't enough, so they gave me some more. And you're going, please get through. <laughs> So this woman is saying, you know, it's been 12 years. I went to this doctor over here on this. Then I went to this other doctor and I gave him all my money and I'm not no better. I'm just worse. But today I got healed. So, so you know, Jairus has got to be like, Jesus, come on. My little girl is not going to make it. So they get to Jairus' house and guess what? The little girl has passed away. 
So Jesus goes in and he puts everybody out. Because it can be unbelief around for a miracle like this. They were already wailing. There were people who were hired to be wailers. To just come cry and make a big commotion because you died or you're sad because something happened. So the whalers had already taken up their position. Oh, they over the Middle East, they still do that. They carry on like you can't believe. It's part of sympathy for the for the family. But they do they'd already done that. Jesus put them all out. Y'all can just go right on out. We don't need any whalers today. Come on now. So he walks in and he sits down. And and there is the little girl's dead body. And he says to her. Which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. See, what are the things that you need to speak to and say, I say to you, arise? Anything that's pressed down, anything that seems like it's low, that you need to rise up, you need to say to, I say to you, arise. Amen. He said, I say to you, arise. And then it says in verse 42, immediately the girl arose. Now we think, well, okay, Pastor Ali, well, that's Jesus. Jesus, could, he was the resurrection and the life. I'm not, right? But see, the Bible says that he sent them out to cleanse the lepers, which was an unhealable sickness, and he sent them to go raise the dead. He said, these things that I do, greater works shall you do because I go to my Father. He said that these signs would follow us as believers. You know, may our faith get to the place that we're like Smith Wigglesworth. Fourteen documented times he snatched a corpse out of a coffin and put it against the wall by the collar and said, I say you live. Dropped it and fell to the ground. Okay. He grabbed it by the collar again, put it against the wall and said, I said it once and I'll say it again. Live. In Jesus' name. Let go and the corpse fell to the ground again. He picked it up a third time, put it against the wall and said, I say you live. I've said it once, I've said it twice, and this is the last time I'm going to say it. In other words, this is your last chance, buddy. I say that you live. It said that the man coughed and began to turn his head from side to side, and he walked out of that funeral parlor. Yes, yes. yes. Come on, Pastor. There was a woman that I was reading about um, this morning. Same situation, Smith Wigglesworth went in, and uh, she, she had already died. She was in the bed. She was dead. She was... When she came back to after he spoke to her, he put her against the wardrobe, picked her up and put her against the wardrobe in the room and told her to live. And, and uh, she said that she, she had come into the presence of Jesus. And she said as soon as she saw Jesus, he pointed, go back. Go back. Why? Because Smith was commanding her to come back. Even Jesus couldn't change it. I know you want to stay, baby, but he's using his faith and you've got to go. So she, 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 she said the next thing I heard was him saying, live. Yes. Uh, live. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. After I heard Jesus tell me to go back, next thing I heard was this man's voice saying, live. And that was when she began to breathe and live. And she walked out of that place. Hallelujah. So we talked to things that were dead. We need to talk to the things that seem like they can't live. If it seems like it can't live, it seems like it, either you, it just can't be created in your life. He says, talk to it. And then he talked to a tree. See, he talked to a tree. He was hungry. He was hungry. Jesus was hungry. He was just like you and me. 
And I believe this is the day he got hungry. Jesus got hungry. He did. He did. Jesus got hungry. He went to this fig tree. He saw leaves on it from a long way off. You know how when you're hungry, you're hungry for something. And you can't have it. It'll just bring you dead. So Jesus got to the fig tree, even though it had leaves on it, it was not the season for figs. He still expected it to have some figs on there for him. And he got to it. He didn't see any figs. So he speaks to that tree and he said, let no fruit ever grow on you ever again. And he walked out of there. He walked out of there. And they, and they walked into Jerusalem. He goes into the temple. He might have still been hungry, but he went in the temple. The Bible said he flipped over tables. Tore up the whole place. Tore up the whole temple. I had never put those two together. That was when that happened. He was hungry. He flipped over the tables and ran the money changers out and made a whip. Get out of here. Jesus showed out that day. He wasn't playing. Don't mess with my fake Newtons. So, so the next day, they're walking by the fig tree, and it's no longer a tree. And Peter says, Rabbi, look. Of course, it's Peter who speaks of. Look at the tree. You just spoke to it yesterday, and it's withered and dried up from the roots. It's, one translation says it's shriveled. Can you imagine a tree? Not just a little Sapling, a whole tree that's big enough to produce fruit in one day is shriveled. So what did Jesus have to say about that? The very next words he said, Mark eleven twenty two. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. He said, wait a minute, this tree is shriveled up. The tree you spoke to, you cursed it and look at it. It obeyed you. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly I said to you, whoever says to this mountain, yes. be removed. I don't know what mountain he was pointing to, but there had to be a mountain right there. Be removed and be cast into the sea. And does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he what? Yes. Whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Yes. Message translation says Jesus was matter of fact. Embrace this God life. Really embrace it. And the God life is speaking. Huh. Yes. Like it or not, the God life means you're talking to stuff. Yes. So this mountain, for instance, just say go jump in the lake. No shuffling or shilly shouting. And it's as good as done. That's why I urge you, listen to this. This is so powerful. That's why I urge you to pray for absolutely everything, ranging from small to large. So you've got to get a revelation on the fact that I don't care how little it is, I don't care how big it is, my words will change it. Mm, Number two, let's look at the truth about spiritual warfare and our words. So number one. We have to remind ourselves because we'll just get living like the world and not really be focused on the fact that we have a real spiritual enemy. Amen. Amen. See, I know, I know, I, I'm so glad that I wrote it on it. It's like, God, they know this stuff. <laughs> but really, 
you have to kind of focus on the fact that the enemy is real. And I'm supposed to be the one handling business with him. You and me. Come on, Pastor. God put us in charge of the earth. He gave us dominion and authority over him. Yes. So it's up to us to deal with him. So we have a real enemy. Look here, 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9. Be so be vigilant because your adversary, who? The devil. Your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking someone he may seize upon and devour. And look at verse 9. It says, resist him. Steadfast in the faith. Okay? In the faith. Resist him in the faith. What did Jesus just say? Have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, y'all better hear me this morning. So resist him steadfast in the faith. Whoever says to this mountain, that's that's being said. That's how you resist him with your words. If you're not talking, he can do anything he wants. Come on now, Pastor. But he has to obey the words of your mouth. Yes. Resist means to stand against, oppose, withstand. See, I'm convinced that's the problem. Most of us don't even realize that we're under attack. Come on now. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. Yes. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. I'm pretty convinced, are you? Maybe it should look more like this. I'd love to go like this. They take steps like that and kind of drag that foot, right? But the sword of the Spirit... It's the word of God. If you're going to win in the spirit, you better be swinging your sword. Yeah. Come on now. All right. James 4, 7 through 8. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Will you resist him with your words, right? right. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So number two, the plan of the enemy is destruction. You better know he's got destruction planned for you. He has a plan, and it's not good. And you better not let him be the only one doing the talking. All right. yeah. When he starts talking to you, you better start talking back. If you want to win, yes. you're going to have to talk back. Yes. <clears throat> John 10, 10. The thief does not come except to what? Yes. To steal, to kill, and destroy. Underline that on your scripture right there. To steal, to kill, and destroy. I, I don't want you to get it twisted. I, he, he is not your friend. He is not, you know, going to just leave you alone. He's got a plan for you. He's got a plan to take you out. He hates you. You look like God. You have power and authority over him. But he does have power. You have a badge that he does not possess. So you have the right to shut him down. But if he can shut you down because you don't know, or you're taking a nap, that's why I said be sober, be vigilant. Wake up. Wake up. Oh, he's, he's poised to pounce. Mm-hmm. One translation mm-hmm. says he's poised to pounce. Mm-hmm. He's got a plan and he's ready. You ever seen a lion ready to attack? Mm. Come on. And now. real sneaky. Mm-hmm. Real sneaky. You ever watch a cat? Cats are just so. Yeah. What are the Pastor Carol? They're just so. She don't like cats. She don't like cats. No. <laughs> no, she could have a real bad adjective for it. They're just so sneaky. Aren't they sneaky? I can't say that. She can't say that. No, I love, love, love kid cats, but I mean, they, you can watch them and see how how that's a picture of, of how he comes at us. So Revelation twelve eleven says they overcame him who their enemy by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So you overcome by the blood of the lamb. You plead the blood of the lamb with what? With your mouth. I plead a hedge. 
they go to school. God declared the blood of Christ over my kids. You know, a thousand may fall on my side, but ten thousand are right now. It's not coming near my children. Oh no. I plead the blood of protection over my children, over their minds, over their hearts, over their bodies, over their friendships, over absolutely everything. I cover them in the blood. Amen. Hallelujah. And by the word of their testimony, they overcame it. By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of the testimony, you can't lose with the stuff we use. Come on, yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. So his plan is destruction, but we win. Luke 4, 3 through 4 says, And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God. So Jesus went up to be tempted by the enemy after he'd been filled with the Holy Spirit. See, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you got the goods. Yeah. And if you know his word, yes. you've got to know his word. That's why it's so important you get in firm foundation classes, that you read the word. Um, when, when the devil came at Jesus, look at how he did it. The devil said to him, did he speak audibly? No, he talked to him the same way he talks to us. He gets on your shoulder and just starts talking mess in your ear. Junk, garbage. It says that he said to him, if you are the son of God, command the stone to become bread. So he comes to get you to doubt who you are. Come on now. And to test you and see if you really know who you are. Come on now. But Jesus answered him saying, it is what? So Jesus quoted the word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. I got to get enough word to live on. You don't get enough food to live on, you're going to die. You got to get enough word to live on. Enough word. Man shall live by by every word of God. So when the enemy comes at you, that's how you're going to win. Okay? Then it said it took him up on a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the earth in a flash. How can he do that? In his mind. That's the area that he comes. The battlefield is your mind. He comes to your mind to talk to you. And that's where the battlefield is. That's where you either shut him down and win or you lose. Come on now. Game over. Come on now. Thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. Thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. You ought to write that somewhere in the margins on your note sheet. Thoughts. Ideas and suggestions. Thoughts, ideas, spells, tits. Tits so sweet to trust in Jesus. Amen. Come on now. So he tells him here in Luke 4 through 6, all this authority I'll give you. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I'll give you all, all this authority over all these kingdoms. I'll give you and their glory. For this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Verse 7 says, therefore, if you'll worship me, try to get Jesus to worship you. All will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan. Boy, you better get somewhere. He talked to him like a dog. Amen. Get behind me, Satan. Get, get behind me. For it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. So the key word here is, It is written. Yes. He told the devil to shut up, and he hit him back with the word. Matthew 4, 6 through 7 and 11. He said, now this is where, you know, um, the devil tried to get Jesus to do something stupid. The devil ever got you to do something stupid? Oh, yeah. Murray and I like to watch live PD, and people are always doing something stupid. <laughs> you can't believe the stupid stuff people would do. We saw a guy the other day who got up on the roof of a convenience store because he was thirsty and wanted some water and thought he could get access into the, into the, the, the convenience store via the roof. He spent all night on the roof. They had to come and rescue him and get him down. Come on, somebody say stupid. People do some stupid stuff. So the devil tried to get him to do something stupid. He said, if you're the son of God, though you sat down for it's written, he shall give his angels charge over you. Now here, oh, okay. 
Now the devil's trying to play Jesus' game. He's trying to tell, he wants to do the, it is written thing. Okay, I got some of that. I don't even know the devil knows the Bible too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He on, said, it is written. He's saying, try to start throwing the word on Jesus. <laughs> he said, he shall give his angels charge over you and in their hands they'll bear you up lest you dash your foot against the stone. But he left out the part, he says, they'll keep you in all your ways yeah. if you accidentally about to hit your foot. Mm. Not because you jumped off a roof, say stupid. Stupid. As stupid to jump off a roof. So Jesus said to him, it is written again. So Jesus hitting back with the word. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. That's over in Deuteronomy. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Then the devil left him. Look at that. Resist the devil and he'll what? He'll flee. It says, uh, and then it, look at this. This is what's so awesome. Is the devil left him. Remember I tell you over and over, angels are at my command when I speak the word. Angels are assigned to minister to me when I speak the word. Look at the very next thing that happened. It says the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Amen. So number three, angels are moved to minister to me by my words. So because Jesus is speaking the words, he's doing spiritual warfare, angels came and ministered to him. Yes, praise God. Wow. Yes, praise God. So here in Daniel, we see where the angel of the Lord, Daniel had seen a vision from God, and he needed God to explain it. And you know, if God gives you a vision, he's obligated to make himself crystal clear, right? God's got to make himself clear, right? Or you're not responsible, right? Right. So Daniel cried out for understanding. He he said, God, I I need you to explain this to me. I don't know what it is I'm saying because it's way in the future that you show me something. I don't understand it. So the angel of the Lord was sent to minister understanding to Daniel because of his words. Daniel 10, 12, he says, then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. Yeah. Somebody better underline that from the first day. You feel like you're praying, you feel like you're talking, and it's not getting anywhere. That's because there's spiritual warfare going on. Yes. But you give them something to fight with when you speak the word. Your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. The angel of the Lord came because of Daniel's words. Because of the words that he spoke. Wow. Wow. So where we see where the devil tried to twist the word up on Jesus, he'll try to twist the word up on you the same way he did with Eve. See, he told Eve, he said, he said, has God not said? You'll eat from every tree of the garden? She said, no. I'm pretty sure God said that if I eat from the tree of the garden that I'll surely die. And And I shouldn't even touch it. And Adele said, you'll not surely die. He always comes to minimize the consequences for doing something or something against God. So when he starts to minimize the consequences, you better perk up and listen. Because the consequences are no fun. No fun. So that's why 2 Timothy 2.15 is so important. Be diligent. Study to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So you gotta you gotta know what the word says and what it means. Amen? Amen. And how to use it. You know, nobody gets up to get in a sword fight without having practiced. Mm. Unless you're dumb. Amen? Y'all mad at me because I said dumb? No. Okay. Praise the Lord. All right. <laughs> All right. So he's a deceiver. 
So you got to know because he's a deceiver, he's going to try to deceive you. He's a deceiver and he is a liar. So let's look at number two. We can't talk about the, um, the, the words of the truth about lying. Let's look at the truth about lying because we can't talk about the words of our mouth without talking about lies for just a minute. Because if we're focusing on our words, we got to address lying. Come on now. Because yeah. it's something that comes so easy. Gossip. It's not okay. Even if it's true. We're children of God. We don't talk about folk. Think of it as a seed. Do you want somebody talking about your stuff? Even if it's true. Do you want somebody spreading what's going on with you? Or would you rather them be, be um, quiet about it and keep, you know, keep a matter hidden? Amen? Amen. What's so funny? Huh? <laughs> okay. You talking about somebody who got you? <laughs> okay. So lying, what is lying? Falsehood, dishonesty, deceit, fabrication, or misrepresentation. Paul had to write the Colossian church about it. About lying, the habit of lying. The habit of lying when you come into the kingdom of God is not something that's going to automatically drop off. You're going to have to work on it. You have to work on not lying anymore. Just like you had to work on not cussing, you got to work on not lying. But eventually it'll just fall off of you. You'll get, you'll get what you don't, you, you've decided you're not going to do it. You know, you, it, 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 it becomes a habit to us. So the habit of not lying becomes our new habit. So it's something we can turn around when we focus on our words. Colossians 3, 9 through 10. Don't lie to one another since you put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man. Number one, God hates lying. God hates lying. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, even seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue. So God hates a lying tongue. He hates it. Not that he just doesn't like it. God hates a lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that are swift in running to evil. And a false witness who speaks lies. And one who sows discord among the brethren. So God hates lying. Does everybody get that? Yes. God don't like it. He don't like ugly and he don't like lying. Amen. Amen. All right. Number two. Satan is the source of lying. So number one, God hates lying. Number two, the source of a lie comes from Satan. John 8, 44 says he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. For he is a liar and the father of it. Woo! Wow. So he is the source of lies. He's the father of lies. So when you hatch a lie, you know where it came from. Yes. That, that'll tighten you up right quick. Come yeah. on. <laughs> My goodness. So the good news about this is that if he's telling you you're never going to make it, I must be about to make it. Because mm -hmm. he's telling me I ain't never going to make it. Wait a minute. He's a father of lies. That's not what God says about me. God says he's got plans for a future and a hope. So if he's telling me I'm not going to make it, I must be about to make it. I must be about to get my breakthrough. Yeah. He's saying you ain't never going to be nothing. I must be about to get my breakthrough and become something. Yeah. If he says you ain't never going to get that car, you ain't never going to get that house, you ain't never going to live in that neighborhood, I must be about to get a breakthrough and get in that neighborhood. Yeah. Oh, I'm about, to, I'm about to be driving high. Come on, y'all. We got to turn this thing around. Like, you, this, this is the only job you're ever going to have. I must be about to get my promotion. Yes. Things must be about to turn around if he's talking to me that hard. Yes. Amen. That's yes. good. Um, number three. And I believe this is my final point. Number three. A half truth is still a whole lie. Come on now. 
you can't say amen, say oh me. <laughs> a half truth is still a whole lie. Yes. If you're exaggerating, exaggerating is lying. It's stretching the truth. It's twisting things just a little bit. So when we exaggerate, it means that we feel like the truth is not good enough. So we don't have to exaggerate. Amen. The truth is good enough. Amen. Right? Yes. So hallelujah. Anybody learn anything today? We'll end with the scripture. We start with John 17, 17. Sanctify them by your... Set set us apart by truth, God. Your word is truth. May we... May we be set apart and sanctified in your truth, Lord. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you, Lord, that we're really getting a revelation on the power of our words. Lord, may we speak to things like Jesus did and see the results of speaking, God. We thank you, Lord. We have a hold of destiny with our teeth, with our mouth, with our tongue. We will not let go. We have a hold of your promises and we will not let go. We've locked our jaws on it and we will not let go. Thank you, Father. We thank you that, Lord, we're seeing your incredible breakthrough come to pass in our lives. Father, we thank you that we're going to finish this, this year out strong. Yes. And we're going running into 2019 with all our heart, with all our strength, Lord, with all our with all that we have in you, Lord. We're running into 2019. We praise you, God, for the good things you have prepared for us, Lord. We thank you that we're walking into it and nothing can hold it back. We come against every barrier now in the name of Jesus. Yes. And with the blood of Christ, we call every barrier down. In the name of Jesus, we declare that not even the gates of hell can keep us out of our breakthrough. Not even the gates of hell can keep us out of our promotion. Not even the gates of hell can keep us out of that good marriage or that good relationship that we want to have. There's nothing. Not even the gates of hell can keep us out of those good promises and those good things you have for us, God. So, Lord, we declare every barrier down now. We command every satanic strategy. We call it canceled now. We say stop it now in the name of Jesus. Stop it right now in the name of Jesus. We declare we are free to experience prosperity. We say prosperity, come forth in Jesus' name. We say healing, come forth in Jesus' name. Everything we need, we declare provision, come forth in Jesus' name. We command, Lord, every good thing you have for us, come forth in the name of Jesus. But Father, we thank you that we recognize the voice of the enemy and the voice of the stranger. We will not follow. But Lord, we hear your voice and we follow your voice. You are our shepherd. So we declare that we are deaf to the enemy and we are alive to your voice, Lord. We perk up and hear. We're sensitive to your voice. And we obey your word. We obey your voice. We are quick to obey. But Lord, we give you praise and honor and glory. For what you've done today through this word. Lord, we'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, when you're here today and you say, Pastor Stanley, today I'm not really right with God. I feel like I'm ready to get right with God. ready to give God my whole heart, my whole life, all that I am. I'm ready to turn it all over to God and let him be the boss. I remember the day that I did that when I was 31 years old. I knelt down in my closet. I threw my hands up in the air and I said, Lord, I'm yours. I give you my heart, my life, any gift that I have, it's yours. I give you everything. And that day I gave God the reins and he has led me to this place that I'm at today. He's never left me. He's never forsaken me. Doesn't mean I haven't gone through some trials, but God has been a good God. He's been a faithful God. And he has kept me and brought me to where I am today. And I'm telling you, he'll keep you every day of your life. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He loves you so much. And so I'm just going to say a simple prayer with you. You want to get your life right with God today. It's a wonderful day to do it. 
just going to lead you in this simple prayer, and then I'll give you more instructions about what to do. But the first step is just to cry out to God and say, I accept the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. So let's just say this prayer together. Everyone say it. Say, Father, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I have messed up, sometimes on purpose. And sometimes, I'm sure I just didn't know. But I'm sorry for ever sinning against you. I believe you sent Jesus to pay the penalty for my sins on that cross. And I believe that you raised him from the dead on the third day. And I believe that he's alive now. So Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I surrender to you. Turn my life over to you. Teach me. Guide me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm trusting you alone to save me. In Jesus' name. Well, you just said that prayer and you meant it in your heart. you got to let somebody know. And so we have inside your welcome packet, there's this little connection card. If you would, just simply fill out the front with your information on the front, your name, address, phone number, all of that. And then on the back, there's a place for you to confess Christ. It's just a little box. I just need you to put a check on the box to let me know that you made a decision for Jesus Christ today. That you, It says, I choose Jesus as the Lord of my life. So just accept it. Accept it by checking that box. And then in just a moment, we're going to receive our tithes and offerings. And when the basket comes by, just drop that in there. I'll be sure to get it and let you know what your next steps are in Christ. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, it is offering time. All right. This is the time of our service where we give our tithes and offerings back to God. And uh, there are several ways you can give. Um, right there in your in your. Um, Welcome packet. There is an offering envelope. You're free to take a little slip out, fill out the credit card information, or you can give with check or cash, however you want to give. Just honor God with an offering today. Honor Him for the word that's gone into your heart. Um, another way that you can give is through our app. And really, you need to download the app. It's absolutely free. You can hear all the sermons that, that I preach. Um, they're all on there under sermon audios. Also, the sermon notes are on there. So if you want to st- study the sermon notes, I mean, there's just no excuse. You know why you can't be built up in faith because because of the Acceleration Church app. Amen. Amen. And you know, just because you heard a sermon one time doesn't mean you heard it all. Because you were probably chewing on something in your head. You were thinking about something while I said something else. It's kind of like watching a movie more than once. You, I didn't see that. Did that happen in the first movie? I didn't remember that happening. Yeah. So you listen to a sermon over and over, and then you begin to you, be, you begin to see more and get more out of it. So you can always do that under sermon audio and uh, through the sermon notes. And then of course. You have the give button on the uh, app so you can give, you know, your tithes and offerings. And what I think is really cool about that is that you can give your tithes and offerings anytime. You don't have to do it on Sunday. You can give your, you can give your tithes, any, you, you know, as soon as you get paid, you can, you can do it, which is awesome because then you don't forget. Amen. 